Okay, well, it's 1.32 in the morning in Melbourne. It's about four degrees outside. And based on what's happening on my phone, either Tom Baker's died or they've announced the new doctor at last. Well, g'day world, it's Rob here. It's uh, 2.20 a.m. and uh, I'm doing this little <laughs> live segment. I hope Dave is going to do the same as well. I've uh, just got up in the middle of the night. I've come to my study. I am assuming by this time the new doctor has been announced. So I shall go to Twitter in case you missed it. Daily Telegraph, Malcolm Turnbull to put army at fronts of terrorism response. Good call, Malcolm. The Economist, Eurosceptics retort that no voter ever cast a ballot for John called Juker. Yeah, good call, Economist. Andrew Smith, breaking news from the BBC. Doctor Who's 13th time what is to be a woman, BBC News. And what I'm going to do now is open a browser, um, go to a web page. I think I'll pick the, the BBC Doctor Who page. And you'll get my live reaction to what's going on. Uh, well, they've decided to roll the dice on a female. Uh, lots of reactions here. Crikey. Gareth Roberts making bizarre comments. Ah, here we go. Doctor Who official. The 13th Doctor is a female and will be played by Jodie Whittaker. This is very exciting. I'm trying not to wake the house up here. I'm... Alright, here we go. BBC.co. Doctor Who. Meet the 13th Doctor. Okay, there is a picture of foliage. <laughs> there's, there's grass and there's shrubs. I'm guessing if I click on this, I'm going to find out what it, who it is. It says it's gone up a minute ago. There's a person walking. It's a video. I haven't got sound. Let me get sound. They're walking through uh, bushland. Some ominous music. Could be a man or a woman at this point. Here's a hand. It's a man's hand. There's a key. Oh, hang on. The face could be a woman. It's a woman. No way. No way. It's Beth from Broadchurch. It's Jodie Whittaker. Okay, I think Rob mentioned her. Let me go to IMDb. Have I seen her in anything? Uh, no. No, she was an episode of... Black Mirror, I don't know if it's one I've seen. I might have seen her in that. No. No, I don't think I've seen her in much at all. Oh, she was an episode of Dion Pascoe. I very likely saw her in that, but no, could not pick her out of a lineup. My phone is continuing to go off. Uh, this is mostly the guys from 42 to Doomsday. Uh, yes, it is. Okay, this is not unexpected. She's been the bookie's favourite, and like Capaldi and Smith before that. Gosh, my mind is, is blank. Um, like, I didn't think it would be her. As I've previously said online in the last 12 hours, I think she's very vanilla. I've never seen her do anything doctorish. Gosh. Uh, yeah, so the BBC have decided to roll the dice on a woman. Uh, lots of implications. I really have no idea who she is. And I guess we'll be talking about this uh, later today. Something I did say, though, in the past 12 hours as well, though I think she's very vanilla, I'm sure she hasn't been picked without Chibnall having a plan, without knowing that she can do something interesting with the role. Um, we have our first female Doctor. It's actually happened. The bookies... The bookies know, don't they? They really know. All right, back to Dave and myself at the studio.
Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Dave. And welcome to a very special Doctor Who Show Presents episode where tonight we'll be talking Doctor 13, Jodie Whittaker. Hello, Dave. Hello, Rob. How are you? Very well, thanks. It's good to be back at the sports desk where uh, the BBC coverage of Wimbledon stole our sports desk theme, I saw. They did. So we're taking it back. Fantastic. <laughs> Dave, here we are. We've um, kicked off this episode by playing our reactions spliced together they didn't actually happen at the same time uh they've been spliced (laughs) together just before the credits rolled the listeners out there have heard what we had to say there how how are you feeling and i guess how am i feeling i'm wondering now that the better part of a day has gone by since we recorded those um very croaky or in my case very um sexy (laughs) 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 recordings earlier today it's it's a strange thing rob because i've been unnaturally flat because I've, I've gone back now and I've, I've actually looked. I don't think I've seen Jodie Whittaker in anything. Really? Really. Um, I, I haven't seen the episode of Black Mirror she's in. Look, I may have seen her in D.L. and Pascoe if I was still watching the series at the stage she turned up in 2006. But if I do, I don't remember her. So this is literally the first time since McCoy that they've cast a doctor and I've gone, nut. I haven't seen them anything, and I don't know what to think. I I don't know if she's a good actress or not. I don't know what her style is. I don't really know what she looks like apart from that, you know, very nice one-minute video that came out. So I kind of almost feel left out. Well, I guess everyone at home or in their cars is throwing things at their stereo at the moment saying, what about Broadchurch? Surely you've seen Broadchurch, Dave. No, I've never seen Broadchurch. You are kidding. No. Wow. Why is that, can I ask? Because, I mean, you you would have known Chris Chibnall was doing it and that David Tennant was in it. It seemed like two names that might have attracted you to a show. Uh, It's just never really come across my radar. Wow. I did not know that before we sat down here tonight. I thought you'd you'd at least seen Broadchurch. Nope. Nope. Far out. Okay. Well, that's a very interesting sort of situation to be in. It is. Like I say, it's the first time since McCoy I haven't been able to say... I know this person, I've seen them in that, and I get exactly why they've been cast, and what a cool, interesting choice. I'm sitting there going, okay, I, I want to be more excited, but I have nothing to be excited about. Okay, well, well, let me kick off with some thoughts, and I think these are ones you might be able to join in with, because they're, they're fairly general to start off with. I was thinking about how I feel as the day's gone on, and I've thought the best word I can use here is interested, because I'm really interested in how she'll play the role, and I appreciate that you might not be as familiar with her, but I'm also interested in what she'll wear as a costume, because I think what she wears in that video isn't her actual Doctor costume. I'm interested if the I'll never watch this again brigade, which popped up in the last 24 hours, is going to follow through on their threat. Or are they like those people who say, oh, you know, if so-and-so politician gets into power, I'm moving country, and they never do. You know, <laughs> are, are they along that line of, you know, thought? It's, it's a dramatic statement, but it's got no trousers nine times out of ten. So I'm definitely interested in this casting in a lot of ways. Could you at least say you're interested, maybe? Oh, absolutely. And I think I've got a lot of thoughts in that term. I just kind of miss not being able to be part of the, the excitement. Yeah. Oh, look, that that's more than fair. So let me fill in some, some thoughts here, because I have seen her in, in a number of things. I've seen her in that Black Mirror episode that you haven't, which is a really weird episode, I've got to say. It's one where people can record uh, memories just by, you know, looking at things. And it's like your head's got a little hard drive. And I'm wondering if I can actually spoil this for you, or do you actually want to watch the episode? <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't go any further. I, I will, I will watch it at some point. Okay, and that's a great thing. I've seen her in Marchlands, which also had Alex Kingston in it for another Doctor Who connection. That was similar to Broadchurch, though, because she was the mother of a dead child, and and that's not a spoiler for Broadchurch. That happens in the first episode. The whole show is based around a dead child. As well as that, there is. Um, a number of other movies and things she's been in, but I haven't seen a lot of her either, to be honest, outside of Broadchurch, Black Mirror and Marchlands. But one thing I have seen a lot of is her talking as herself, like in interviews, like doing publicity for Broadchurch and whatnot. And one of my big thoughts about Jodie to date has been she's a bit vanilla. 
she doesn't leap out at me as having a big personality or being particularly eccentric. You know, when the other doctors have been cast, you go, oh, yeah, I see it. I see the doctor in them right now. In Jodie, I don't see the doctor. But I'm going to totally trust Chris Chibnall that having worked with her for three years on Broadchurch, he knows exactly what she can do and he's got an idea for what will be an interesting doctor and she's gone along and auditioned maybe once or twice and blown them away and something really special might be brewing because I don't think they'd make this big bold move unless they had something special on their hands. No, that's a really important point. It's something that crossed my mind in the lead up to this, particularly yesterday, where, you know, whatever else you say about New Who, it's got its strengths and its weaknesses, but I think everyone would agree that so far, four out of four of the Doctor's cast have been ex- excellent in the role. Whether you liked what they did with their eras necessarily, maybe it's different, but the Doctors have all been really strong actors that should have been the Doctor and were right to be the Doctor. So the, the record the BBC has in this is is good. And um, we do, I think, know that she went through a proper audition process with screen tests and you know testing for management and all the rest of it. So it's been a rigorous process that she's come out the other end of. So I think they know what they're doing, and I have a lot of confidence in her. I just don't have any personal information about it. Did you pick up on that quote from Chibnall where he essentially said, I knew all along I wanted a woman, which kind of threw under the bus this idea that everyone's been saying for the past six months that, oh, the best person will get the role. No, it seems Chibnall went out specifically to get a woman. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just a little different to how people thought he might have been casting. I actually think it's a good thing, and I made a comment about this in one of our episodes a little while ago in that I said, if you're going to roll the dice and cast a woman, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit in a moment, I'm sure. But if you are going to roll that dice, you need to do it because you've got a whole scenario and show to go around that. And so the fact that he said, right, here is my scenario and my show. And it requires, and it is set up for a woman at the center, I think is the right call to make. You, you can't just, uh, flop and change and all uh, and that it, it it has to be centered around the character mm. and it's pretty ballsy i mean i've felt fairly solid in my convictions that he might have came in cast a bloke for his first time around and then three years time gone for the female casting but he's done it straight off the bat that's really surprised me i always thought a female doctor was coming i just didn't expect it to be this time around Look, I was in a very similar situation to you leading up to the announcement and thinking about what would happen. I thought there was really three paths the BBC can go down. One is to go for the ultra-populist, star-safe cast. You know, the the Chris Marshall casting, which, you know, I'll I'll just be sitting there going, oh, my God, we've had Trump, we've had Corbyn, now we've got Chris Marshall, another unqualified (laughs) populist. And I didn't think they'll do that. That was too crass. The other way was the what I've been calling a long, long time, you know, the get me David Tennant or the get me back Burnside. I thought that was actually what they would go down. The We had a formula that worked when the show was at its peak, go get me another David Tennant. I actually thought that was the path they would go down. The other one was to go, you know what, the show has been around now for 10 seasons. It's been around for 12 years. The ratings have been a little bit rockier than we would have liked, and it does need a bit of a fresh injection of interest or something so let's roll the dice on something completely different and it could all blow up in our faces or it could be a wonderful explosion of, a new, of freshness and excitement but it's a roll of the dice and they've gone down that path and gee that, that is quite brave of them to do it because it is a roll of the dice it is absolutely i mean for all the positivity that's out there and there is some negativity which i'm sure we'll get to in a moment it is still something very, very new. I mean, mainstream media was talking about it today. It's the first time I've seen Doctor Who in the news in in such a big way since probably the 50th anniversary, so in several years. Oh, absolutely. It was very strange sitting in the office today, and we, you know, we have Sky News playing in the background of the office all day, and every hour there'll be a se- not just a, a line, a segment on how they've cast a woman as the new Doctor Who. Yeah, and this morning I was watching Channel 9. The uh, the early morning news had ended talking about it. They cut to the Today Show. Carl Stefanovic, the first thing he said was, oh, geez, that, that's big news in the world of Doctor Who. I thought I'd never hear Carl Stefanovic talking about Doctor Who, but there he was talking about it. This is the, the kind of mainstream stuff I'm talking about. It was just blowing my mind today. Yeah, and I was seeing articles come up in my Twitter feed from the New York Times, um, Piers Morgan 
he tweeted something crass and silly about it. So it it has made a splash. Yes. Talking about people tweeting things that are <laughs> crass and silly and all sorts of things, it's worth talking about our perception of the wider reaction out there. Not our reactions, but the reactions we saw both fans and non-fans making. Because, gosh, there was some silly stuff going on. Did you see Ian Levine's tweet? I did see Ian Levine's tweet. It's nice to know that um, time has not mellowed him. Time has not mellowed him. In fact, I'm going to grab the uh, the bleeper here, Dave, because I'm going to read that tweet. So let me just pull it out. Ian Levine's tweet runs, This is really sh- It sucks. It's stupid. Kills the show. I want nothing more to do with it, and I hate Chris Chibnall. He can f*** off. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't pull any punches there, Dave. No, that's look, that's Ian's style. I'm, I'm sure that there's a smash television somewhere. <laughs> I should add that most of that is in capital letters as well. Oh yeah, the, he, it's, it's the full Levine. It's a, it's very good. But look, I, I think he's the exception. I have to say, a large part of the reaction I've seen has reminded me of that episode of The Simpsons where Flanders puts together the Pee Wee football team, mm. and then Lisa rocks up and says. What position have you got for me? That's right, a girl wants to play football. How do you feel about that? And they all go, oh, we've already got four girl players. You come and join us. You're very welcome. And I think there's been like a ridiculous amount of just these people defiantly tweeting, you know, outraged, looking for a cause. So the new doctor's a woman. I, what do you think about that? I hope you're not angry. That says something about you as a person. And 95% of people are going, yeah, we're cool. What, yeah. What's the problem? I've seen the same thing too. I mean, there there have been more than just Ian Levine who have been upset by this, but conversely, I think I saw more love out there for the idea and, you know, just acceptance of it that this was always coming. Here it is. Hey, cool. Let's see what happens. Look, if you go looking on social media for outrage and stupidity, you will find outrage and stupidity. I did not see anything, aside from Ian Levine, I did not see anything other than where people said, oh, go look over here, there's people being outraged. Had I not gone looking for it, I would not have seen anything negative at all. Okay, that that's fair. You know, on, on Twitter, that was my experience. On places like uh, Outpost Gallifrey, it was a little different. Or Gallifrey Base, I should say. I'm using the old name there, aren't I? Oh, well, there's a reason why I don't go back to Gallifrey Base anymore. They're, they are the internet's version of one floor over the cuckoo's nest in that, that site. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think in general the majority of people are happy or at least open to the idea of what's going on and they're going to judge Series 11 based on whether they like the stories and how the Doctor's portrayed, you know, not just that the Doctor's female. So basically, you know, they're going to just look at it like any other series. You know, do I like the Doctor? Do I like the stories? Yeah, look, I think you're absolutely right. I I certainly have seen, and it's entirely valid, I'd probably fall into this category a bit myself. People are going, well, look, it is a bit different and... I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. it. It is a change, and that's going to need some adjustment, and it probably won't really settle in until we see uh, Miss Whitaker in the role being the Doctor, and at that point it will, you know, it'll, it'll just start to work. But, I mean, after 12 Doctors that have all been male, it is a bit of a change, and some people will take a moment to uh, make that adjustment, and that's okay. We can sort of summarise all of this by quoting a former female Prime Minister of Australia where after she'd been knocked off by a party and she was asked to reflect upon her time as Australia's first female Prime Minister, she said, me being female is not the whole of the story, but it is not none of the story either. And I think that's going to be the case for Jodie Whittaker. Her being the female doctor is not going to be all of her story or even remotely all of her story, but neither is it going to be none of her story. Mm. I completely agree. And look, I think there are things that Whittaker and Chibnall can also do between now and Series 11 coming out, because, I mean, gosh, it's more than a year away. I think they can get out there and talk about their vision for the character, which might smooth over, you know, some ruffled feelings when people who maybe aren't as familiar with Chibnall realise he's a huge fan of the show and he might have some really cool ideas up his sleeve. I mean, already Whitaker's been talking to Doctor Who magazine about the elephant in the room when they said to her, you know, what do you want to tell the fans? And the first thing she said was, I want to tell the fans not to be scared of my gender because this is a really exciting time. So she's right 
right on top of this stuff. She's been briefed. She knows what's going to get thrown at her. And they're out there from day one talking about it. And I think that's a good thing. I think that will put people's minds at ease if people are a bit uneasy because it is such a big change. Look, I think so too. And we'll shortly enter a period where people will start watching other TV series and Doctor Who will float away from the mind for a bit. And then we'll get into the lead up for series 11. There'll be all the rumors, you know, which monsters are coming back which writers are going to be writing for it. And we'll start to get caught up into the series, and before we know it, we'll be watching her, and then we can judge her performance in the way we should be. Exactly right. The real test is when Series 11 starts. You know, will, will a large amount of fans turn off before it starts, or will they watch that first episode in huge numbers and then turn off, or will they watch that first episode and be pleasantly surprised and not turn off? We, we really don't know yet. Oh, look, I think that there will be huge numbers for her debut, um, possibly record-breaking numbers for her debut, after that, it's in the hands of the production team. You want to speculate? You're thinking nine million, ten million, something like that. Yeah, it could well be. It could well be. Given the splash this has made in the mainstream, as you were saying, it could well be that sort of thing. And the more of them they get to stick around, the better. I mean, even if we look at series ten, Capaldi was in the low to mid five millions, but I think his first story of the series was up in the sevens. You know, and for a guy three years in that people, you know, were t- turning off of, that's that's pretty good. So I think a new female Doctor first time out, yeah, I'm thinking nines maybe. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, I mean, <laughs> we've got to talk about this. It's the first female Doctor, Dave, not co- counting comedy outings and the like in the past. And now that the moment's arrived and it's been so well signposted through Series 10 in particular, does it seem that shocking or weird now that it's actually here? Now that it's here, it does seem like the inevitable conclusion of all the hints and the setup that's been laid for five or six years now. Mm. Uh, It it, it will still take a while to seem natural to me, and I think to a lot of long-term viewers who've grown up with a male doctor, as I said, that's fine. But when I saw that it was a woman last night, even though I didn't know who it was for a moment there, I thought, actually, yeah, this this is where we've been going. It is the natural conclusion of where we've been going. Yeah, agreed. And something I've said before, and which I'll raise again here, I really hope this is the first of two or three female doctors in a row. Because, you know, already people are making collages of all the doctors, you know, Hartnell through to Capaldi, and they're sticking a picture of, you know, Jodie Whittaker yeah, yeah, in the front. Yeah. She's, yep. she's not wearing doctor's clothes at all. It, it looks a bit out of place. And, and you really see that imbalance. Like, here's all these blokes, and here's this tiny beautiful woman out in front and i think if we go back to blokes right away after jody it might just look like this wacky side street we went down maybe a novelty casting especially if it's perceived to have not been done well you know ignoring that even peter capaldi's bleeding off viewers at the moment so it may be it may be something that doesn't do well who knows but i think it just needs to be hammered home with multiple female doctors in a row before we go back to a bloke in the future because I think if we have two or three female doctors in a row, then we go back to a bloke, it will feel quite natural. Oh, yeah, we're back to a bloke. Well, he, he slash she has also been a woman for the past two or three times. You know, it'll just start to feel natural. It won't feel like this strange one-off, which has always been my concern about bringing a woman in. It's like, well, what do we do for the doctor after that? Surely we don't just go back to bloke straight away. Yeah, I think that's very much the case, particularly if there's any aspect of her era that doesn't work. And I, I don't think that'll be the case, but... Yes, I I do think you're right. Can I just make a side point, though? Mm. You don't think that what she's wearing in that clip is her costume? I don't think it is. And the reason I don't think it is is because it's so similar to Capaldi's, having the hoodie under a jacket of some kind. I, I just don't see them doing that. Although, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking of that damn leather jacket that the War Doctor wears and Eccleston wears and McGann wears in the later Big Finish audios. <laughs> Everyone seems to wear that damn jacket, so I don't know, maybe they will repeat on a costume idea. But just to me, I thought, no, I think she's just wearing that because they needed to cover her head for the concept of the video. I I don't see them doing the hoodie under the jacket thing again. That's a very Capaldi thing. Oh, that's interesting, because I just assumed it was the costume, and I thought it was pretty cool. Okay. I mean, the long grey jacket is 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 very nice. I'm I'm just not as sold on putting the hoodie underneath. I wasn't sold when Capaldi did it, if I'm honest. Yeah, fair enough. You know, Dave, one thing I'm not enjoying at the moment, though, I mean, I'm talking about all this stuff I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying her casting. I'm enjoying what's going to happen. I'm enjoying thinking about, you know, all these interesting things that could happen. One thing I'm not enjoying, though, is the gloating by some and putting down people who aren't into the idea. This goes back to something we were talking about a moment ago. Actually, I probably should have mentioned it then. 
it's it's like the flip side of the coin, you know, as some people are getting angry about the casting, other people are being intolerant that they're angry. It's 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 like they're being so smug and, and hateful towards people who aren't on the same side as them. And I think, gosh, this is becoming more and more like politics every day. Have you noticed that? I have, and I actually was having this conversation with a couple of friends of mine down here today, and that one thing that I don't think I'll ever get quite used to with regards to the new series is people who read into it and use it for a particular set of political or moral values and who really see it as being a champion of society and all that sort of thing. Whereas for me, Doctor Who will always be, rightly or wrongly, it will always be this fun show about a time lord who travels through time and space in a police box and fights monsters. Yeah. And yet, yes, there are some wonderful messages you can take in there and his attitude against violence and the way that it's always you know, trying to be smart rather than physical and the messages that they put in the Hartnell years or the Pertwee years. And what, you know, I'm not saying there aren't some great messages in Doctor Who, but I've never really seen it as being a force for social justice. Mm. And I don't think I'll ever get used to those people who I think very much do see it as a force in society for social justice. Yeah, yeah, because I think you can take that interpretation from it very, very easily, but you don't have to either. I mean, I saw a great Twitter post, actually, and I've, I've jotted it down here. This person today said, if your first response to the announcement of the new Doctor Who is to exult in some people not liking it, may I suggest you're not much better? I reckon I saw that tweet as well, and I thought, just like you, that it was a really good point. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's one thing to say this is great, it's one thing to celebrate it, but it's another thing to really, really go after people who have a different point of view. It's it's not helpful. It just creates more sort of anger and fighting, and that's, that's not cool. Yeah, but again, welcome to social media. Oh, I know. And, 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 and let me tell you, in, in my job, I see the worst of it, and this is just another extension of what we're like at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's very sad. Moving on... The portrayal. Do we have any long-range speculation we want to make here and now, Dave, on what Jodie might be like as a Doctor? I know it's going to be hard for you because you haven't seen her in stuff, but maybe you can imagine. Okay, so I, I guess I cheated a bit in this and I thought, well, let's go through the various different archetypes or the various different role models that someone who's a woman coming to play the Doctor could use. And, and which one do we think is most likely when you think about it there are some wonderful role models from which you can draw traits and characters and how to do this sort of role really well uh, one of the obvious places to start would be uh, to look at romana both one and two mm. and there was a case of a woman who obviously was a time lady i think she screamed more than the doctor would be able to do you can't you won't be able to have that but she was somebody who was gorgeous without really being sexual um with the possible exception of the moment when vivian fay and amelia rumford were obviously thinking that they wouldn't <laughs> mind her stay in the night <laughs> but but there was there, there was that sort of sexless glamour and intelligence that i think you could go down that path the other side of it is you've got characters like serverland who are very aware of their sexuality and jodie whittaker is a very beautiful woman probably mm. and you know, do they go down that part somebody like Serverland who part of her armory is to use her sensuality? They could go down that path. You've got Ivanova from Babylon 5, which is another tr way of doing it again. And I think this is going to be really, really important. And I, I, I have no doubt, given that Chibnall has said that he was going after a woman, he will have worked this all out. How is her sexuality going to work? Mm. Is she allowed to flirt? Is she not? Is she going to end up like Perry, where the monster of the week is lusting after the Doctor? Or will that be banned? Or will it only be allowed in very particular circumstances? This is the stuff they've got to work out. My instinct is that they will do something that is a cross between Romana and Matt Smith. Okay. That sort of plays into what I've been wondering, because I'm wondering if she might be a funny Doctor. And the reason I say this is not because I think of Jodie Whittaker as being a fabulous comedian, but because the smaller Doctors, and she is very small, can't rely on physicality. So it's often humour or a big mouth or both that sort of sees them through. 
It also makes me wonder if she'll keep her really broad Yorkshire accent. I mean, I'm not sure even a lot of people know that she has a broad Yorkshire accent. because I, I, I didn't. <laughs> because she doesn't use it in a lot of the shows she's in. She, she does a, uh, a more generic kind of uh, UK accent. You know, a lot more southern. I mean, in Broadchurch, they're, they're down south, so she had to. I'm wondering if she'll get this broad Yorkshire accent going and maybe be quite funny, you know. But I guess we'll see in the Christmas special if she starts speaking and it suddenly received pronunciation. I, I guess, you know, all bets are off. I'm actually hoping for an accent, you know. Cue a retread of, you know, all planets have a north, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm just wondering if it could be a, a humorous doctor we're, we're about to get. Yeah, look, that that's very interesting. I think that's partly the direction I was going down with my where I was putting Matt Smith in as part of that combination. Where that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, but both both that sort of weird eccentricity, but also that incredible naivety that I think would work very well with a female doctor. If you then also mix it with the intelligence and the glamour of something like Ramada. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I'm not seeing any of this in the Jodie Whittaker roles I've seen to date. So it's something she'll have been dreaming up, maybe working up with Chibnall as well. It's going to be something really quite new. So it's it's really quite exciting. Yeah. The other path that I did consider was more of that Emma Peel sort of path, which, again, is somebody who is incredibly gorgeous but isn't defined by that. And actually has an incredible calm about her, an incredible uh, dignity and austerity about her. Mm. The choices are, are really wide open at the moment. But I also thought, well, if you're going to go down the path of having a woman doctor, there are plots you can now do that could actually could be quite interesting. And I was thinking about, for example, you know, we've seen it's almost a trope now in the new series where the doctor arrives on Earth and unit or torchwood or something says go find me the doctor and bring them to me and you see all these scanners you know coming in and finding the doctor and i thought wouldn't it be wonderful if we had that as a trope in an episode and they're all not finding the doctor because they're looking for a bloke and she uses that to infiltrate something nice yeah that'd be fun that'd be really fun i guess talking about the doctor though like this and what we think she might be like what do you think her companions are going to be like? Do you think this signpost, this change to a woman signpost, that they're going to be more blokes being picked up in the TARDIS all of a sudden? I think that they will probably have to have a bloke in some sort of regular role or some sort of companion role, whether it's just the Doctor and a bloke or whether it's the Doctor and a bloke and a female companion, um, something like Ben and Polly, for example, or Jamie and Victoria or whatever. I think that could be the way to go down it so that it's not so obvious as when we've just flipped the gender roles of both both of them and we've still got that female companion. Mm. Um, one thing that also crossed my mind, I think, I, like many fans, I've never liked the idea of the Doctor and the companion uh, having a flirtatious relationship or being attracted to each other mm-hmm. or, or any hint, hint of that sort of thing going on. And it made me think, well, how do you do that if you've got a female doctor and a male companion. And I thought, given the wonderful success of Tom Holland in Spider-Man, could you actually go for a younger male companion, sort of 17, 16 even, who, okay, they're raging full of hormones, but for them the idea of going after someone who's well into their 30s is just a complete and utter reaction, just just not going to be on the radar. As I say, particularly when you've seen somebody like Tom Holland do that so well, uh, maybe one of the characters from class will join the TARDIS. Maybe. And and look, that falls in with the idea that I've said in recent episodes that I think the Doctor should be a kindly uncle, whether a younger uncle or an older uncle. Maybe here it's a kindly auntie to a younger person. Yeah, that that to me could work quite well. That's, that's my early prediction on that. All right. Well, for mine, while I'm interested in the idea that it doesn't necessarily have to be a bloke, You know, I think it'd be quite cool if it wasn't and defied expectations. I think it will be, because for one, I think the male-female dynamic has the broadest appeal. Not necessarily because they're in love and they're doing it, but because people get to see one of each sex, and I think that just works. And for two, I think male companions have often come into their own in Doctor Who when the Doctor himself has been less physical. And again, Jodie is not very big. This is what I was saying about her when it comes to, you know, perhaps being a funny Doctor. She's not very big. So, you know, there might be consideration for a companion who can do a bit more of the physical stuff. 
And while that doesn't necessarily have to be a bloke, I mean, think of all the physical stuff someone like uh, Hannah John Carmen does in Killjoys. You know, women can do physical stuff just fine, I know. But between the two things, that male-female dynamic might be good and we need someone to throw a punch from time to time, maybe it's going to be a bloke. Are you thinking like a Harry Sullivan type character? Yes. Interesting. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think we do have to have a bloke just because, look, I don't know for sure that the audience for Doctor Who is still a majority male audience, but I'm going to guess it is. Certainly within fandom, look, I know the new series has done wonders in bringing women into fandom, but fandom still remains a heavily masculine uh, group. And I think that they will want to have their identification figure in the she- in the series. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, but look, even when you go back to the Eccleston here, Eccleston was quite a competent doctor. He could throw a punch if he had to. He's fairly fit. But we still had Captain Jack for many episodes who got to do things that the doctor really couldn't do or shouldn't do. And that was really great. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And don't forget how much fandom just absolutely loved Rory. Oh, hell yes. In fact, as time goes on, I see more people saying they liked Rory than Amy. (laughs) It didn't seem it at the time, but it seems to be the case now. Oh, it did to me. (laughs) Very good. Now, we didn't actually court any listener feedback for this episode, but we do have some. We've got some great listener feedback, actually. Before we get to it, though, Dave, I just want to say our final thoughts our brief final thoughts on Jodie Whittaker being cast. Thumbs up, thumbs down. How are you feeling? Look, it's it's a thumbs up with a huge amount of curiosity. Okay, I'll match you and say thumbs up with a lot of interest. I, I think we are very much in agreement then. All right, I'm going to kick off our listener feedback with something that wasn't actually feedback to us, but which was given to us later as feedback, if that makes any sense at all. This is Stephen B. from the New To Who podcast. He wrote this originally on Facebook before the announcement came out. And then once it came out, he said, oh, look, you could you could read this out. And I thought, yeah, fine. This is This is a great example of what people were thinking before the announcement. Stephen said on Facebook, never have I felt more anxious about the casting of a new Doctor. The safe option is clearly to cast another Tenet or Smith, even though you know you can't recreate the past. However, Trump, Brexit, and even the appointment of Sam Allardyce as the England manager in recent times all suggest that actually we haven't learned that and more worryingly, a regress into some perceived golden age appears more in tune with the times such as they are. These are perilous days which is exactly why the BBC needs to show us there is another way. I can only hope that it has the courage of what should be its best convictions and ours. We have never needed the hero without a gun more than we do right now. That's why it's time, precisely when it's most difficult, at exactly the moment hope begins to recede. Do the right thing, not because it's easy, but because it is hard. Cast the first female doctor. Dave, your thoughts on that? Uh, First of all, really good points to uh, Stephen for channeling Kennedy in that last line there. (laughs) Uh, I think he was extremely prescient in what he said, and he made a really good argument. And I think he's going to be proved right. I think so, too. You know, up until yesterday, it still seemed a 50-50 bet as to whether it would be a man or a woman. I mean, that's that's obvious, isn't it? But Chris Marshall was right up there on, on the bookies' um, tallies alongside Jody. Stephen's comments, though, have come true, and the BBC has taken the plunge. I say good on it. And can I just make a quick reference there to the the bookies? I think it's really interesting that she was right at the top of the list at the time that this announcement happened because although people credit the bookies with magical powers, they only change their prices because of two things, following money or inside knowledge. Mm. And I think if either of those things was occurring enough to put Jodie down to literally number two or three on their list, that to me suggests that stuff was starting to leak out into the... Ethan, that's why we've had this very quick announcement. I think it was a leak of some kind, some inside knowledge of some kind, because she surged in that last 12 to 24 hours. She hadn't really been there, and then suddenly she was there. Chris Marshall had been there since February, you know, and not really moved, but she came in at the last minute in a similar way to Capaldi, in a similar way to Smithy, and I actually commented on Twitter at the time and said, look what's happening here. In the past, this has been a sign. This could be a sign. People are saying, oh, I'm not sure about that. It was a sign. Yeah, absolutely. We have another email that came in from David Clark, and thank you for sending in uh, emails to us, just knowing that we always want to hear your feedback, even when we haven't had time to even ask for it. (laughs) 
he says, hello, Robin Dave. Well, it's official. A lady doctor, Jodie Whittaker the 13th. Got to admit, I was a little shocked that the BBC have taken this brave decision. It's a big franchise to screw up, but I'm more shocked and disappointed with the reactions of some so-called fans who refuse to ever watch it again. Yes, it's going to take some getting used to, but the show is all about acceptance. And let's face it, if it wasn't for a certain Verity Lambert, there may never have been the Doctor. So I say bring it on and good luck, 13. Cheers, Dave. That's an excellent sentiment there, Dave. And I think you've summed up uh, our feelings and the feelings of a lot of people really well. Yes, it's going to be a little different, a little weird, but you're right. We're going to try and embrace it. And I think we will embrace it. Exactly right. And I mean, invoking Verity Lambert's name there, I've seen some people actually also talking about uh, Waris Hussain and saying, look, a, a woman and a gay Asian man, you know, essentially yes. kicked off Doctor Who. It may be not quite be the program some of you out there think it is and they've also been pulling out the quote from Sidney Newman from the mid 80s where he said oh look the plan was for always for the doctor to metamorphize I think was his word into a woman that was something Sidney was talking about 30 years ago so some of these things aren't new or weird even if some people are shocked by them well and JNT and Tom Baker were putting this out there's a possibility what 30 something years ago now so yeah yeah, and actually, I'll just say, someone on Twitter said recently, uh, last 24 hours, of course, isn't it nice that Tom Baker's still alive and has lived to see that come true? I mean, J- J&T hasn't, of course, but but Tom's still around. That that almost joke that they made at the time is now the case. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. All right, another email here from Richard Nolan. Hello, Richard. He says, hello, gentlemen. Well, a female doctor. I'll try and keep this brief but just a few thoughts, discussion points, now we've all had a day to process. I was initially surprised by the announcement, but I'm going to start by saying kudos to the production team, or Chris Chibnall, if it was a solo decision, for having the guts to cast Jodie Whittaker. And he's put an asterisk here, and down the bottom it says, I initially wrote balls instead of guts, but that seems somewhat inappropriate in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Richard. It would maybe have been easy to take the safe route, but starting with a bold move means a new era is just that. And I totally agree there. However, I do think this will potentially lock them into making the next Doctor female as well. So this is not just seen as token casting. So sorry, guys, a Samuel Barnett Doctor may be a couple of regenerations away. Yes, Richard. Yes, yes, yes. And look, that's something I was talking about earlier. It's something I've mentioned in past episodes as well. I'm cool with that. I think if we're, if we're going to do this right, maybe two or three women before we get a Samuel Barnett. Even though I did tweet to Samuel Barnett, you're going to be my Doctor 14, Samuel. And he liked the tweet. So oh, good. We're, we're back on tweeting terms. Uh, moving on, I guess this would also mean a male companion or male and female, which is something we've just discussed as well. Regardless of your opinion on the new Doctor, this is a big change for the series and one dividing fans, although is some of that simply initial knee-jerk reactions? I might stop there, Dave. Do you think they're just initial knee-jerk reactions? Yeah, look, I think so. I think that at the end of the day, when episode one of series 11 is broadcast... Only the most bitter of people are going to sit on the couch with their arms crossed watching, you know, the football going, oh, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I think most people will mellow and give it a go. Yeah, I agree. Back to the email. I've seen commentary on both sides across the day, and despite the despair or elation, I suspect the voice of fandom is largely immaterial. It's surely whether the silent majority in the general public tunes in to watch the next season that will determine where we go from here. And we know that regardless of what they might say now, most of the haters will watch. I've never seen Broadchurch, or looking at her IMDb page now, actually anything else Jodie Whittaker's been in, so she's very much a clean slate for me. Oh, he's like you, Dave. One general point I did want to make on the ongoing debate about casting a non-white male doctor is the feeling I often get that if you're not immediately in favour of female-slash-minority casting choices, you must clearly be some sort of bad, misogynistic or racist person. One local article I read today contained a quote from a self-proclaimed Uber fan that anybody unhappy with the casting wasn't a true fan which is a disappointing slant and feels like an attempt to manipulate the dialogue. I know Dave and I have discussed this in the past, but interested in your thoughts. Anyway, thanks for reading and keep punching from Richard Nolan. Well, just on that last point, I think we've probably touched on a, on a bit of that during the episode today, Dave. Yeah, I think we have. And I think that Richard's absolutely right. And there is a valid argument you can make, whether you subscribe to it or not, that there are some characters in the world of fiction that are a white male. 
you know, King Arthur has always been and probably always will be a white male. Sherlock Holmes has generally been a white male, although they have they have done different things with that recently, and something it worked, and some things something think it didn't. There are people in fiction that are white men, and they're very good characters. It doesn't mean you can't do different things with them, but it doesn't mean you can't have wonderful people who aren't white men as well. Mm. Yeah, I just think that you can get too worked up in in fiction. Yeah, and taking sides over this sort of stuff. Um, you know, I, I just take things on a case-by-case basis. And, and, and in this area, I think, well, the Doctor can do this. The Doctor has done this. It is going to be. I'm cool with it. Yeah, and, you know, again, I come back to when Miss Gillard became Prime Minister here seven years ago now. It's a while ago, yeah. It was. At that point, Australia really did have a big debate about whether we're we were ready or able to have a female prime minister. And it's very sad that we had to have that debate, but we did. And that was a very important debate to have that. Yes, it was okay to have a female prime minister. That was an important debate. Having a debate about whether you can have a female doctor or a non-white doctor, it's fiction. You can do whatever the script editor likes. They're there to serve the plot. And that's not nearly in the same league as whether you can have a female prime minister. There are debates out there that are important to have. And I don't like to get distracted from those debates by ones that really, at the end of the day, aren't important to have. And debates over fictional characters, to me, are not as important, not nearly as important. Yeah. And look, for me, quite simply, it's broken the seal. Never again do we have to have the should there be a female doctor debate. That's done. It's dusted. It's put away. The debate is now, is Jodie Whittaker a good doctor? And we won't know that for a little while. Yeah, that's exactly right. But look, to close, Dave, we've also had an audio piece sent in, and I I just love this. It's from Andy slash The Rev, who long-term listeners to podcasts I've been involved with might remember, as he appeared on many, many, many Who Wars episodes, and he produced our Series 9 review shows of Doctor Who. And he was even the first person I chatted to back on the very first episode of this Doctor Who show. Um I guess real life sometimes gets in the way of doing all this sort of fun stuff, so we haven't heard from Andy for a while, but I think this audio will bring a smile to many a face out there, whether you know him or whether this is your first time. So I guess all that's left to say before I play this, Dave, is is thank you for joining me tonight to, to chat about this. No, thank you. It's been it's been good to do. I'm I'm going to get, get myself an early night, though, after staying up past 1am to watch the announcement yesterday. Oh, look, I'm much the same. I got up at 2am or whatever it was. I, I, I said that at the start of the show, what, whatever time it was. And I just stayed up then until it was time to go to work. And then I worked a full day. And now I'm here and I've done this recording with you. I've been recording with JR Southall. I'm about ready to drop as well. All right. Well, we've said a lot. There's a lot to process. I hope that our listeners enjoy it and we'll be interested to hear your feedback. Don't forget to come back for our regular July episode on the 30th. Yes, where we'll be talking about underrated Doctor Who writers. Yes. And don't forget that it is Remembrance of the Daleks Month here in Australian (laughs) Doctor Who podcasting, so I'm sure we'll get a reference in as well. I'm sure we will. Now let's go out with Andy's take on the new Doctor. New balls, please. Andy slash Rev, late of Who Was, Top Geek, The Doctor Who Review Show and Jefflin's Diddly Dum. I remember Rob used to like to do these little reaction pieces so I thought I'd stick my two penneth in on my reaction to the new Doctor as I guess Rob might mention it on the show. I hear some people are worried about how the Doctor will handle having a pair of tits. Well let's not forget Adric and Tello. Joking aside... Not so long ago, on the Blue Box podcast, the anniversary one, I said to my pal Al, no, I didn't care if the new Doctor was a man, or a woman, or a talking cabbage. I had Tom Baker, and to me, that was the greatest time of my Doctor Who life. I doubt if anything will replace the feelings I had as a child, watching Tom and Leela. I still feel like that. But what about this announcement? When it actually came to it, 
did it make me have a reaction? If people remember back to the Diddly Dum days, I was never a Peter Capaldi fan. When he was announced, I thought, yeah. And although I enjoyed many of his stories, he still didn't grow on me as an actor or a doctor. I didn't like the variety show where he was announced either. I did like the trailer that introduced Jodie, though. It was about the character and the myth, not about the reality TV-style fanfare of the previous two Doctors. I have no fears or worries or doubts about Jodie. She's the Doctor, and that's that. My own personal worry is that, to me, Doctor Who feels a little like it did in the late 80s. It's something some people watch and enjoy, me included. But I was really chuffed in 2005, 6 and 7 when the show went supernova and Heat magazine reported on it and it reinvented family viewing. I want that back. To know my show's protected and as huge as it deserves to be. For that, it needs a rebirth. I want the Chibnall era to be as different to the Moffat era as Spearhead from Space was to the War Games. I want Jodie to be at the heart of an ensemble cast that enriches and refreshes the Doctor Who universe. No matter how many times Stephen Moffat, who I admire as the greatest of showrunners, said this series will reboot and refresh, the costumes and scripts and tropes all seem to be pretty much the same. I really want to see this stand out as a brand new programme. And if it is, it's going to be fantastic. So to all you out there who think the Doctor will go all girly-girly, the previous 12 have hardly been blokey-blokey. The Doctor has always been a unique individual on a different plane of thought to his own species, let alone ours. Those of you who say, someone just can't change sex. They can if they're an alien. And it's good to remember, the Doctor is an alien. The point of the Doctor has always been his desire to help. His passion for all that is good. And I'm sure... That will be how she will continue. As a Doctor Who fan, I will always watch. Some others may go off in a sulk. And if they are true, sometimes they will come back. Yes, they will come back. But the key thing is, we get those new fans. We bring in those new people, that next generation, who are going to take Doctor Who forward and into the future. Past and present, lol. Girls can wear jeans and cut their hair short, cause it's okay to be boy. But for boy, to look like a girl is degrading, because you think that being a girl is degrading. But secretly, do you like to know what it feels, wouldn't you? What it feels like for a girl. Do you know what it feels like in this world? 